0: Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of The Three Counts. Uh, We had such a tremendous response, and that is no BS, uh, that there was no chance in hell we weren't coming back for this, uh, the next round, as it were, for another fun-filled time of watching pro wrestling on this journey with me is a novice, uh, soon-to-be budding fan, if I have my ways about it, uh, the phenomenal John Petrie. John, welcome back to the Three Cat. How are you today, my friend?
1: I am doing well. I'm sitting here with my cup of tea and my fuzzy socks on, so I am I am warm on this very chilly day here.
0: It is. Uh, we we are in the midst of what feels like a never ending stream of sort of winter storms impacting uh, the Northeast, and so as uh, as we enjoy this chilly Sunday that we record on. Um, I, for one, am reveling in the fact that my heater is uh, sort of going on the fritz, so I'm very excited that we get to warm things up today with a a show called Bad Blood. From uh, 1997, we're going to be watching the first ever Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. We'll get to that in just a moment, but John, you know, I'm curious, after, after our first episode of The Three Count, have you had any sort of follow-up thoughts um, as you were you were preparing for today's episode about what we um, saw last time with Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor?
1: So, uh, well, I mean, I follow Effie and Dalton Castle on Twitter, um, which is kind of fun because I get to see, you know, shows, although there don't seem to, frankly, be very many shows in the New York area. Um, but other than that, uh, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this particular match that you had me watch. So. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait. So, so we are sort of changing up the format a little bit. So last time, John, you made a comment after the match um that we watched that you you were interested in seeing something that was a little bit more theatrical. Um, and so I I put my brain to the test and came up today uh with Uh, what many fans regard as a very sort of uh, modern classic from 1997. Uh, This is a match from an event called In Your House, Bad Blood. Uh, It took place on October 5th, 1997 from the Kiel Center in St. Louis, Missouri. It had an attendance of 21,151 fans. Um, It had a pay-per-view buy right of 240,000, which means 240,000 households, or folks with an account, a pay-per-view account, actually forked out money for it, which I believe at this time was about $29.95, so it was a good chunk of change in here. So this time though, because uh, we wanted to get a little bit more of a storytelling element, John and I have pre-watched this match. We're going to be watching it again together today for you, dear listeners. I have a few pages of notes to sort of go over sort of the background of the characters and the history, half of which or more, I assume we will never get to because John is going to be far too busy uh, going over his thoughts. And I'm very excited for this. Um, So, John, I I do want to go over a quick little fun segment that I'm calling Create a Wrestler. Of course. So, John, I'm I'm curious if you are going to build your wrestler from the ground up. I want to go sort of attribute by attribute and every week we're going to go over a couple different attributes as it were. So first and foremost, what would the name of your created wrestler
1: be? Oh, I didn't know I was going to have to think of a tagline or anything like that. Um, I don't know. The fabulous, absolutely fabulous. Let's go with absolutely fabulous. This will do a nice callback to, to, uh, to Jennifer Saunders and Joanna Lumley. Which, if you've never seen that show, you should totally see that show. Have you ever watched that? I I have watched some of it. It's very good. It's It's very very good. I've not watched it in many years,
0: but I know that you are a big fan of it, my friend. I love that show. So I'm curious. So is Absolutely Fabulous. Is that like the moniker? Or is that like the first name, last name of the character? Like, is that the Absolutely Fabulous Dalton Castle? Or is that Absolutely Fabulous?
1: Oh, I didn't... Um, you know, if you were going to give me more homework, you should have given me more homework. I didn't expect a pop quiz.
0: Oh, please. Um, with your musical theater background, you're fine with improv. Come on now.
1: Um, well, watching musical theater doesn't count. I would, I guess probably, I guess that would just be, am I, am I the wrestler? Is this, yeah. is this what we're going well, to wrestler. Let's say you are designing a wrestler.
0: You are not the wrestler. You are designing your idea of a pro wrestler. Let's say this is a video game and you're making your own person to compete on your behalf, your
1: avatar. I would probably just call him absolutely fabulous then. Absolutely Why not fabulous. I don't have a sense of humor about it. Excellent. Uh, how tall is absolutely fabulous?
0: Is he a giant like The Undertaker who we're gonna watch today at six feet ten? Is he a smaller, faster guy like Rey Mysterio at five foot six? What what height do you think he would be?
1: I, you're saying you're saying these people like I should know them so oh you will you will my friend you will um i don't know i mean i think was six feet to give yeah i mean let's go with like five eleven six feet because much taller than that you sort of run into a lot of problems like finding seating and beds that work and all that kind of thing all
0: right i like it so five feet eleven his name is absolutely fabulous and then um my question for you is uh we're we're gonna stick with the cosmetics here uh what would his hair look Like, what color, what
1: cut? Oh, I don't know. Well, um, it would look absolutely nothing like the ones that we're going to watch today. Excellent. There's a lot of hair issues with this. It's not my only issue with this, but there's a lot of hair issues with this. Um, I don't know. However they would want it. Like, you know, nice and comfortable. I mean, whatever they feel like. You know, you, go you, go wild. You, you want to dye it pink? You want to dye it blue? You want to dye it yellow? You want to dye it rainbow? Go for it. Whatever you want.
0: All right. So we're going to go with dyed pink, and then how long? Is it uh, is it short? Is it a bob? Is it a long hair? Is it curly? Is it wavy? Believe it or not, um, these are all decisions that fans make all the time when creating their own
1: uh, wrestlers so i feel like then an episode of this should be playing some sort of game where i can just go through and
0: oh i have plans things. i have plans but for right now as we're we're doing it from our ground up um i don't you know
1: not not long i'm not i mean so you medium know, length, like medium, medium length. it's fine you know under you you know below your ears much longer than that i i'm not sure you want to enter man bun territory
0: Okay, so medium-length hair, uh, curly, wavy, straight. where are we at?
1: Well, I mean, if you have good hair, you can do any of those things.
0: Yes, but what do you want it to look like? If someone's coming out to an entrance with pyro and 21,151 fans are going to be cheering for them, what, what type of
1: hair is it? Well, but I mean, if this person is going to be appearing more than once, wouldn't they be able – they should do their hair, like, however oh, they
0: – very rarely do you change up hairstyles unless it's a major character choice because your hair becomes very identifiable as a character. So for the first iteration, where do you see it—curly, wavy, or long, or uh, or straight?
1: Uh, there are no wrong choices. No, it's not a wrong choice. It's just this is—I'm not—I believe me, I'm not worried about making a wrong choice here. I'm just sort of like, okay, how do I want to think this? Uh, let's I. Let's say somewhere between wavy and curly. Let's 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 celebrate um let's celebrate the diversity of of absolutely fabulous who's multiracial. Oh, I like that.
0: Okay, that's important.
1: Multiracial. Excellent.
0: All right. So those are the first three attributes on our Create a Wrestler segment that we are trying out today. So we have a new wrestler on the scene, folks. His name is Absolutely Fabulous. He's five foot eleven with dyed pink, medium length hair that is between wavy and curly, and he's multiracial. More about this budding superstar to come. All right. So uh, right now, what we're gonna do is, I think this is a a good moment to sort of, we're gonna sort of dive in today. Um, So let's go ahead and let's sort of, you know, play for the fans uh, listening out there. Uh, The pre-match package, are you ready, John?
1: I am, I am ready, and so, I'm going to tell you, do, how kind do you want me to be?
0: Non, none at all. I don't want okay. you to be kind in the least. Our fans, our listeners <clears throat> clearly respond to your cruelty, so let's just stick
1: with it. Okay, I was going to say, if you want me to be kind, I'm not going to be able to say anything for the rest of the show.
0: No, 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 that's totally fine. You can, you can absolutely shit on the fact that these people are putting their lives on the line out there for your entertainment. No worries. You can be that kind of person. Wow. That's <laughs> not even what I was going to
1: talk about, but okay.
0: All right. So this is a pre-match package, folks. Uh, this gives you an opportunity. We're going to be watching this on Peacock um, as we do at all times. Uh, how you want to find this is you want to go on Peacock. You want to type in the search bar in your house. Uh, you want to go to episode to season three, episode six. It is entitled Bad Blood. Now, the video package starts at two hours, six minutes, and 39 seconds, and will run for a little less than three minutes, about two and a half. And so uh, here we go. This will sort of give you a little bit of story context as to what we're about to watch.
2: Under the glittering glare of the WWF spotlight, his image has been cast in the role of superstardom. But for Shawn Michaels, image isn't everything, it's the only thing. Perception is reality. I've continued to step to another level. Plus, it, it really makes people mad when you're sort of a jerk and you're you perform well. And again, that's just, and that's just something, again, it's just about, it's just about stirring the pot. It's about ruffling feathers. It's, it uh, may not be fair, but when left up to me, I will probably not do the right thing. Now, however, that image, and more importantly, his attitude have been dramatically altered. God, what a shot to the face! Get in the chair! The flamboyant, charismatic, high-flying superstar who once captured the hearts and imagination of all who followed him. Yeah, got 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 now feels differently about his followers and apparently himself. He now stands in a different light, one that burns just as brightly, but reveals a harsh glare under that once-cherished image. So let me get this straight. You, The Undertaker, and the best that I can tell, all of the fans of the World Wrestling Federation are dumping this in my lap! Uh, yeah. It's just like all the fans of the World Wrestling Federation to not take responsibility for themselves and pass the fuck on to the Heartbreak Kid, because everybody knows I don't give a damn what anybody thinks of me. His actions have spoken even louder than his words. But both have been ferociously delivered towards one man. I want you to bring your dead ass Whoa. out here and face me like a man. That's right, the Heartbreak Kid! The scenario has created more than bad blood between him and the phenom. It is delivered an ultimatum that will be answered one way or another in horrific fashion.
0: All right, and welcome back everybody. Did you learn anything new when, when watching the video package? What were your sort of impressions of the character? Did it do a good job of sort of setting up who the bad guy, who the good guy is, what the stakes are, were you able to follow it?
1: So I don't know who any of these people are, but I'm just gonna call them the LaDouche family because this literally looks like it was not only made about but made by a bunch of drunk frat boys who are like celebrating the fact that they just dropped off a pledge at the hospital for alcohol poisoning. I'm like, you people are all awful, but you're so awful that I really don't care.
0: Excellent. So yes, that is you were responding, I assume, to a uh, degeneration X, Shawn Michael's Triple H. and that was their gimmick. Their gimmick was a very like frat boy, um, obnoxious. They, they call it sophomoric humor at the time was a very big term. And uh, yes, they were total douchebags. That you were designed to absolutely hate and loathe and want to it, see—it
1: wasn't even hate; it was literal indifference.
0: Ooh, ooh, interesting. Very strong reaction. I like that. Um, all right, well, let's let's jump into it and see how your dis- indifference uh, fares as we watch this match together and watch him, uh, Shawn Michaels, get the absolute loving crap kicked out of him for about thirty minutes. So, John, are you queued up to two hours, 10 minutes, and 40 seconds? I am. All right. We're going to hit play. I'm going to do three, two, one, play, and away we go. Are you ready?
1: I am ready.
0: All right. And three, two, one, play. All right. And out he comes, the European champion at the time. Uh, The Heartbreak Kid was his moniker, Shawn Michaels although there was nothing kid-like about him at that time. Uh, interesting thing about Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels uh, debuted in, I believe, 1986 in Texas um, and uh, is from San Antonio. Uh, he had been the world champion in this company for roughly about seven months, eight months, between 1996 and 1997. He was pushed as a very sweet, smiling, baby face is what they call the good guys, Um, A very wholesome boy next door, just kid with a dream who wanted to be the best. Um, At this point, he has really started to shed that moniker. He's gone on record as saying he hated his time as champion. He absolutely loathed that image. He wanted to bring wrestling, especially this company, into more of what became known as the Attitude Era, be a little bit more real, a little bit more authentic, and just be a complete asshole as a character, essentially. Mm -hmm. So here you go, John. Uh, now, give okay. me a little bit of your take here on uh, Shawn Michaels' look. I'm very excited for your
1: future. Okay, so before I start in on the look, I have a question. Do you want yes. me to start with something serious, or do you want me to go for the comedy first?
0: Uh, I want you to follow your heart.
1: Okay, so we may need to bleep this out. But Nonsense. We are this is a This is a billion-dollar company, right? No, not at this time. Well, no, but now.
0: Uh, yes, now it is.
1: Okay, so if on the off chance that someone from this billion-dollar company is ever going to hear this, I am going to give you some advice that you should really go with. Have somebody watch these matches, and when you see a sign that says fag, blur it out or cut out, because already I've started pissed.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Absolutely. And, like, already I've started angry. Like to oh, the fa- to the point where I'm like I, I don't want to watch this, so I've yeah, already no. I've already started out in the hole. <laughs> no, okay. nothing
0: wrong with that. Go for it. No, so, yeah, at, at this time too, there was still a very strong there was still a very strong sort of homophobic slant to the fan base.
1: Sure, absolutely, but we're living in contempt. It's not like we're talking about Huckleberry Finn, where you no, go here's something that I want you to understand from an artistic and cultural perspective.
0: You are. In this is not high art. You are in nineteen ninety seven for sure yeah.
1: still not still not high art, still not acceptable in any way shape or form, so pay someone ten dollars to go through and watch all of these and just blur. It's not that expensive
0: no, I think you're actually well better than that, they're on salary they they're there to do that, regardless um,
1: yeah take actually, take, yeah. take five seconds out of the match. it's fine, so there was that that annoyed me already, sure, secondly. I don't know what he's wearing, but I applaud the fact that he's found something that would make Lady Gaga say, okay, you guys, this is a little too much. Let's pull it back by about thirty percent. I yeah, don't know no. I don't know what he's wearing or why, but I I feel like I just want to go, okay, let everyone see your decisions.
0: Yeah, Shawn Michaels used to he used to be famous for wearing these like bedazzled like rhinestone chaps. Um, which you still see wearing here. He changed up sort of his his top gear a little bit um, to where it's sort of almost sort of like an armored chainmail reminiscence. Um, but Whatever still, it was, like, it was never
1: in style, ever. It was
0: never in style, no. There's nothing about this character that was ever in style. Even his hair was never in style. Okay, by the way,
1: let's talk about, I'm sure these people are lovely people in real life. Some I'm are, sure. some are not, but yeah. I frankly I'm indifferent to any of them so I don't care but first of all when you are balding and I say this as someone who is bald just cut your hair don't let it grow long because you look like that idiot at Woodstock who took the brown acid just cut it just so cut it, it.
0: It took Shawn Michaels until I think 2018 to finally cut his hair.
1: Okay because I can see I can see in this that he's balding
0: just and it, cut and it. it. And I mean, he just, he just, the balding doesn't stop either. It's a very, it's a very weird thing with pro wrestlers. The Undertaker is now coming out right now to make his entrance. Uh, A quick aside uh, on the match. So, this is a bit of a grudge match between these two characters. They had been wrestling at this point about two months. Um, Shawn Michaels had been taking shots at the Undertaker, as you saw and heard in the video package. Um, Behind the scenes, Shawn Michaels was the most. Hated him in being in the locker room at the WWF. Everybody hated his guts. Uh, the Undertaker, real name Mark Callaway, has gone on record saying he wouldn't have pissed on Shawn Michaels if he was on fire at this time in 1997. He, Shawn Michaels was known for outlandish antics. He was well known to be uh, dabbling in the, uh, let's say, uh, prescription pain uh, killers at this point going out, partying, drug use, alcohol use. Um, But he was also regarded as maybe the best uh, bell-to-bell in-ring worker on the planet. Um, And that is why he always had the main event spot. Again, they'd wrestle each other a month earlier at a show called In Your House Ground Zero. That show, the bout had no conclusive finish. There was not a pinfall or a submission. And so they developed this gimmick called the Hell in a Cell. This is the very first ever Um, Hell in a Cell match. It is a giant cage that goes about 20 feet from the ground to the top. It not only goes around the ring, but it also has a roof on top of it. Uh, This was actually Shawn Michaels hearkening back to an idea from 1983 called The Last Battle of Atlanta, a cage with a uh, top on it between two wrestlers named, you'll love this, John, uh, Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy Wildfire Rich. Um, if that ain't about as Southern Wrestling nineteen eighty three as it gets, I
1: don't know what is. Okay, can I? Can we just sure. point out for a second, like a completely bizarre thing to me? Go ahead. Like clearly, like the the I don't know rules of this match or whatever you want to call it have gone over, and yet this Sean baldy locks here um baldy locks and i i'm trying to not be disrespectful but i can't help it i'm like i said i'm sure he's a lovely person now whatever he is
0: now he he he's literally had children he he actually did mature into a very likable human being
1: okay but they're all acting like why is he putting a lock on the door it's like dude you you went through this it's it's uh, you know so, and that is the point of a cage.
0: The point of a cage is to keep people in, but also keep people out and guarantee there will be a winner and a loser. It's known as the blow off or the payoff to a big feud. This was designed to be kind of the final match between these two before they would go on to other programs.
1: Well, but if this, yes. I, I have to tell you, if mm-hmm. I, well, I wouldn't spend the money on this, but if someone ever gave me a ticket and forced me to go, I would be pissed someday. because I'd be like, why am I watching this? with an obstructed view. It's like it's like moonlighting when Sybil Shepherd would they would do, you know, mm-hmm. shoot her with the fuzzy lens. It's like, why are you obstructing my view?
0: It's it's tricky, right? It's a weird balance. And these are chain link fences and there's nothing gimmicked about these chain link fence. This is the same chain link fence that you would build a around your house, right? Um and there's an old like, adage like if you if you ever want to just like lay one down and roll roll over on a chain link fence to give you an idea of what the hell these guys are putting their bodies up against.
1: I don't know why anyone would want to roll over. A chance. You know, Can we? I'll
0: bet there's someone out there who gets drunk enough or high enough and would do it.
1: Yeah, it's I, one I, thing I when you're drunk, but it's another thing it. when it's sober and it's part of your job, which is just bizarre to me. Like. No, no part of someone's job should be injure yourself as much as possible. Well,
0: and that is the goal. the The goal is to make it look like you're being injured without getting injured. Or, but at the same point in time, there's no way not to get hurt in a match like this. And again, this is the first time no one had ever been in a cage like this in a match quite with with this sort well, of. Well, this is how they <laughs> used to play
1: basketball. They would a, <laughs> yes, like the earliest yeah. basketball games, there was a cage between the audience, the audience, the.
0: Fans, really, I whatever you want to call
1: them, that. and the yeah.
0: But now, having um, having gone to a few Hell in a Cell matches myself and seen them live, it, it sort of depends on your seat in the audience. You can still keep track of the action pretty well, because the, the chain link fence is is thin enough. It, it's an obstruction, but it's not super obtrusive. Um, you can still sort of follow the action along. Uh, we have not gotten your thoughts, though, however, on The Undertaker. Uh, as well, as you guys, this is your first Undertaker match of all time. Okay.
1: So I, I actually looked this up to see when this match was. It was 1997. Yes. The whole wet look with hair, like, ended. It, like, it was, was six months in, like, 1986. So I don't know why anyone was continuing to do this. Because you know, and
0: they still do it today. The wet look is still very in for pro wrestling. I'm not entirely it's, sure why, because by the end of I, the matches, some of their hair is dried out and very frizzy and very hilarious. Ooh, well, wow, Michael's just getting, as they say, uh, killed from pillar to post here. He actually got backdrop and his feet hit the top of the cage uh, to give you a sense of how high up he was in the air. Um, sorry, just a, a quick aside for the-
1: No, that's fine. And, you know- Trying to, I, <laughs> I get, so here's the thing. I watched this only in about like 10 minute increments Ooh, because awesome. I really could not. Um, so you and I have had many conversations about comic books. That's how we met. That's our work history. Yes. And you've heard me talk about how, what I dislike about nineties comics how it's just it's extreme for no reason. Like it's it's the ex, extremeness. I know that's not a word, but the extremeness of it is meant to mask the fact that it's just dull. This is the personification of this. Like this is literally. That's your. T- I, I was I was like okay, it's athletic. It's, like the last one what, that we watched. It was athletic and it was, you know, it was like. Yeah, clearly, of course, they're in positions where they could really hurt themselves. Nobody wants to see anybody hurt themselves. This is just like, I'm going to hit you and I'm going to throw violence at you for like no reason whatsoever. It is the, it, it's just the personification of everything that I hated about 90s comics. So I'm sort of fascinated that this is what you chose.
0: Well, again, for me, I chose something for the theatricality and the soap opera element to it. Because we didn't really. It's, have it's
1: that not. Th- but this isn't even theatrical. This is just setting something on fire to set something on fire.
0: Oh boy! Someday and, I will. Someday I will do an episode on here of an ECW match where that is literally what they do, where they set things on fire and throw people through
1: it. Okay. So, so just so you're aware, if your goal is to make me want to watch wrestling, that would not be the best choice.
0: <laughs> I don't know what the goal is of this series yet. You know, we're finding ourselves weak.
1: I'm just letting, I'm just letting you know if that's your goal, it's, (laughs) and at least last time I had two hot guys to look at. Now I've got nothing.
0: Ooh, I'm just excited to hear that you thought that, uh, that Samoa Joe was, was a pretty, was a hottie.
1: He was, he was hot. I'm still not sure how I feel about the mutton chops, but he's a hot dude. I have a varied range of men that I'm interested in.
0: Now, so, I'm very curious, though, a, even uh, where do you fall as far as a, a hairy chest? Because Shawn Michaels is a pretty hairy chest. Are you a guy that likes care. a hairy chest? I mean, or does it, doesn't
1: really it, it doesn't matter to me. Gotcha. Okay. I, it really, you it really it doesn't matter, actually.
0: You, you don't mind if a guy's furry or or smooth?
1: No, whatever. Whatever suits, whatever suits him, whatever he feels comfortable with. I mean, really, it's just, is somebody comfortable in their own skin? That's... Sure. That's the sexier thing.
0: I think Um, at this point in his life, uh, I can safely say, make this the summation that Shawn Michaels was not comfortable in his own skin. I think even he would go on record right now saying that in 1997, he was not super comfortable in his own skin. Ooh, uh, And yes, here we go. The proverbial pillar to post Undertaker with a, a very fun spot, literally holding up Shawn Michaels and smashing his back into the corner of the cage then a ring post and back and back and back and back. Men, I would argue to sort of show the fact that the Undertaker is so pissed off at this guy. He is intense on just beating some sense and respect into him. And there's an interesting one. You just saw Shawn Michaels kick the cameraman. It looks like by accident, the cameraman goes down. The cameraman, that's a little bit of foreshadowing in the
1: storytelling because the cameraman ends Well, that's, up that's the thing that I was serious gonna serious. ask you. Like how choreographed is this? Because so I would. I don't care how much hazard pay you're giving me if I'm a cameraman. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'll be on the outside of this. Thank you very much. Because so it's, it's These are not small men. They are not
0: small men. Undertaker is roughly about 310 pounds in this match. Shawn Michaels is probably about 240, 245. Um, so when when you're constructing a match like this, especially in 1997 you didn't really rehearse any spots. Almost everything you see them do here, they were not doing You know, a couple hours before the show. Uh, They would probably walk around the structure. Shawn Michaels actually has gone on record in many interviews consistently saying that as soon as he got to actually see the physical cell, his first question was, how can we get on top of it? Because he had some ideas of how to to do some spots, literally on top of a 20-foot cage. Um, which had not been reinforced yet. That was This is before they would reinforce the top of the cell because people didn't know you were going to the top of the cell. So so things like the the cameraman, a lot of the moves that they're doing in here, they've done it with each other because they would travel. And these two were probably fighting each other on non-televised events three, four nights a week at this point. So they were comfortable. But as far as the spots utilizing the cage, Probably they had never done any of it until doing it live. I mean, this is a live, live performance, basically, in that sense. There is no net. There's no heavy rehearsal uh, in in that sort of traditional way. And even for the cameramen, they probably talked to the guy who was the cameraman. I believe for this match, the guy who ends up getting involved is actually a trained wrestler. And they put a camera on his shoulder. Um, they probably talked a little bit about what they wanted to do with him, but they didn't have time to actually, like, do a full version of this and rehearse it spot by spot. It was more talking it through.
1: Um, can we just talk for a second about how um, it just looks like they were doing some sort of Tawny contain thing from some 80s hairband video?
0: Uh, they absolutely like were. cleaning I, I their, their hair, hair back.
1: And can we also funny. talk about how this is no longer the 80s, it's the 90s? No, pro wrestling is about 10
0: years behind, quite frankly, when it comes to musical influence um it's it's sort of they're sort of like Canada in that way like you know it's it's just it takes them about 10 years to finally catch up which is really interesting because they are about six months away from becoming probably the most culturally relevant they ever were with the Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick and so
1: here's the thing that I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask you only because I've seen Mm -hmm. uh I've only seen one show And it was, but I do watch Dalton and Effie on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I don't know that wrestling is really 10 years behind. I think the WWE is 10 years behind. Depends. Depends. Um, I don't, like with any large company, because they're so dependent on trying to appeal to as wide a base as possible, I don't think these people are particularly, I'm not speaking about these two
0: sure, sure, sure.
1: broadly the in, general. in general i don't think they're as innovative as just because you do something with the most money and the largest and you get the biggest audience it doesn't mean that you are the most innovative like other people got there first
0: so here's what's fascinating because it's a great comment to make at this point they were the number two company. Um, they had actually been overtaken by a rival company called World Championship Wrestling, which was owned by uh, Ted
1: Turner and his media conglomerate.
0: Uh, I would definitely
1: was, say there's a lot about this that's number two.
0: They were very, they were number two still. They had been number two in the ratings. <laughs> you for completely missed years. that joke. I, but no, that's no, it. I didn't. I got you. Um, <laughs> they were they were the second uh, second most popular company in the U.S. Um, and the big knock on them had been, it's because they were way too behind the times and they were trying to appeal to, to massive an audience. And this is actually around the timeframe where they started saying, instead of kids, we're going to start appealing, oh gosh, a pile driver on the stairs by Shawn Michaels on the undertaker. That is a clip that gets replayed, uh, to this day, 25 years later, um, so they actually were accused of being way too behind the times, dumbing down their product. And this is actually when they started to make a pivot creatively to appeal to an 18 to 34 male audience. That sort of became what they, uh, in the late 90s, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, was really their target audience. They kind of zeroed in. What on a it. shock. Well, it, it's fascinating because in the 80s, they made all their monies from appealing to kids and families. Um, Rock and wrestling connection, uh, very cartoon, literally Saturday morning cartoons, uh, toy uh, licenses, merchandising licenses like crazy. So they went very kid friendly in the 80s, which was the opposite of what they were in the 70s, which was extremely um, blood and guts, adult oriented. And so you see this cycle every 10 to 15 years in pro wrestling of them sort of exhausting their current audience and then searching for a new one. Today, WWE is considered much more of a variety show. They have segments designed for kids, they have segments designed for comedy, they have segments designed for 18 to 34 year olds, and it's a very different style of presentation. Here, they were literally fighting for their life to survive on a weekly basis. And they decided that they were going to try and appeal to an audience that had sort of grown up with them, but were now in that 18 to 34-year range that they were no longer making product for. And this is, again, October 97 is when they start making that shift, and it's called the Attitude Era, um, coined by Vince McMahon after a Shawn Michaels promo three weeks before this match. This is a super pivotal moment in the history of pro wrestling Uh, At this point in time, it's it's an interesting sort of business cycle moment for where they are, because they are literally about to go back to formula, as it were, uh, to rebrand themselves in this point. Oh, boy, we have a steel chair involved in the late 90s. That seemed to be a prerequisite. Um, We also are going to get a whole bunch of blood, which in a steel cage match at the time uh, sort of fits the storytelling narrative. Uh, it is meant to be a barbaric setting with a barbaric uh, environment. It is meant to be more excessively violent than a normal match uh, without a cage. So you are definitely going to see. Has Taker been busted open yet? I do not believe so, but we are going to get
1: there. Uh, shout out. So to- aren't there no? Aren't there supposedly no rules in this match? So the only rules in this match really, there's no disqualification. There's no countout. So Um, then why is the referee, first of all, why is the referee there? Because it doesn't seem to make sense because you could count from outside. But secondly, if Mm -hmm. there's no rules to this match, why is the referee like, no, don't use the chair? Is it just to give this man in black time to recover? Yes.
0: So so actually what the referee is doing in those instances uh, by sort of pausing the action is to remind them where they are in the match and give them a time cue and to let them know, hey, because what the the referees function in there is sort of like the um, like the stage manager, if you will. Okay. so he is
1: he is. So he's the safety
0: net. He's he's the guy who has a list of cues of a list of the spots that they have told him about of sort of where they need to hit by what time of the match, because they they are timed down to the minute. This show is formatted very, very tightly. So they know, so the referee, when he's stopping to admonish a competitor, it's meant to add a little bit of drama and be like, oh my God, I'm a human being. I don't want to see this happen to another human being. But also it's meant to be like, he's communicating how much time has gone by, what the next spot is, um, any any word from the production crew behind the scenes that he's And we getting- just
1: exited the BDSM portion. Of the program, did I'm sorry.
0: Here we go. So here comes the spot with the cameraman. That's actually a local wrestler, um, who has been trained, and I we have heard in interviews um, that he actually uh, received quite a
1: nice paycheck uh, for this. Um, I'm sure he did. It seems a shame to waste the equipment, though.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and and those cameras are very expensive. Um, You actually see some of the other camera crew and the and the. Photojournalists who are nearby—they're there to check on him, make sure he's safe, um, and also to make sure the equipment is safe and still in working condition. There's a guy probably under. Do you the think range they're
1: more body. worried about the person or the equipment?
0: The person, the person. As a as a company, uh, actually, the safety of their performers is is the highest priority um, as far as uh, day to days go. Um, they're they're an extremely safety conscious uh, group. One one of the things, one of the tenets of pro wrestling is that there is no greater um, there's no greater sin than accidentally hurting someone else in the ring. Um, it happens. Everybody gets a bump and a bruise and what have you. But to seriously injure somebody and to hurt them from being able to make a living, because especially back in these days, you were paid based on the amount that you worked and how many people paid to see you. Uh, that was sort of the incentive base that you did. The better the house. The better the draw, the more money you got paid on a percentage nightly. Um, so it's, it's extraordinarily um, faux pas to hurt another person involved with the match and uh, hurt their ability to make a living. So, so that's why safety between the performers is tantamount. There is nothing more valuable than the trust between the two guys or three guys or four guys in the ring. Um, it, is, it is true. They will hate each other's guts outside of it. But when they go in the ring they know without question they can trust their body and their well-being to the other person otherwise they can't work together so here we go and here is the storytelling uh, faux pas the reason the cameraman goes down is that the cage door is being unlocked to get him out of there and get medical treatment Uh, that's the storytelling reason but really what it does is it creates the opportunity for these two guys to now get out of the cage and uh, create some more uh, entertaining, violent spots outside of it. And to Shawn Michaels' original intention, find a way up to the top of the cage. Uh, we well, I'm see? just
1: gonna tell you at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was watching this, my mm-hmm. thought was, do you know how many Betty White tribute videos I could have watched during the time that I've watched this? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't care about either of these two. I don't find this, I don't find this interesting or appealing. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are wrestling fans who listen to this and are like, you just don't get it. That's fine. I don't get it. But I, you know, it's like, don't share with me. uh, Don't get me, don't try to get me involved in the story and just bore me, which is really what this is. Okay. And at this point, all I'm waiting, because they're outside the ring, at this point, I'm just waiting for someone to get their hair tangled in this cage.
0: Uh, it almost happened, actually, right there. Uh, Shawn Michaels got uh, a slingshot into the cage. Uh, you can see he's now bleeding. That is not a hard way cut. That is something that he did to himself. Actually, right before he gets catapulted, he quickly bladed his forehead so that by the time he comes off the cage, the blood starts to pour and make it look like it was the cage itself. Um, so I guess my question is sort of, is there, is there a way that this story would have been interesting to you? Is there a way they could have told the story physically in the ring
1: that would have been interesting? Um, well, I mean, I, I think part of it is that it's just, we're, we're workshopping, right? So, well, there's no, I mean, okay. So first of all, all I can think of is all of the retail that I've worked in my life and all of the classes that I've had to take about how to handle it when someone is bleeding in the store, like bloodborne illnesses and all of that. And all I'm thinking is like, this is completely unsanitary on so many levels. What
0: would you do? What is the the protocol?
1: Uh, Well, the first thing that you you do is you have to get yourself gloved and masked and make sure sure that nothing happens to you. Um, And then the next thing, and then you're actually creating kind of a zone around them so that any blood that has spilled is blocked off from other from a customer walking through it or someone it getting on someone else it's like if it gets on the product it's fine that's what insurance is for but if it gets on another person you don't want to do that and then of course i mean if there's something where you know somebody is profusely bleeding and you have to stop something you know you have to like try and um uh you have to try and, and and put pressure on it so it stops bleeding that's one thing but it you know then there's obviously call the ambulance blah 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 but it's just be very careful you know if it's you know if you're in a food serving space like you can no longer use this until you get it sanitized and all kinds of things sure. so but that's literally all i'm thinking right now like i'm so thinking bloodborne blood illness coming the through call. the
0: cage onto the camera lens that's a huge no-no
1: what
0: happened well you see the sp- speck of red there. They've made their way to the top of the cage, and there's actually a speck of blood on the camera lens that fell from Shawn Michaels' face um, directly onto the lens. Now, again, the, the top of this cage has, uh, I, I don't think it was really supported enough to really deal with the fact that you have about 550 pounds of human being on there um sean michaels now is taking an unbelievably dangerous move he's about to get press slammed onto the cage you see the entire section of the cage is giving way but he did it in such a way where he fell on the beans which is really the strongest well i'm assuming the
1: now if, if wait so given everything that you told me about the referee i'm assuming the referee is like move further back, move further yep. back. He that's seems that's to sort be of what he's
0: doing. It's it's also why now immediately Shawn Michaels has moved off that section of the cage, is now starting to try and climb down. Uh, right now, you can see they're sort of jockeying back and forth. That's actually them communicating and sort of checking where Michaels is because he is about to fall about 15 feet through a table as he did just
1: now. Now I again I appreciate mm-hmm. the athleticism but this is not the same athleticism as from the first match that we watched. No, very And very it's not different the same athleticism stuff. that was in the show that I saw live.
0: It's a very it's a very different different style of match, right?
1: The No, this the is like this did. is yeah. This is stunt person athleticism, which is fine. There's there's you know, obviously you would admi- I admire uh, stunt workers and everything that they do this is just it's this is just not appealing to me
0: oh that's totally fair no the the last match we watched it was more meant to be sort of like an mma style almost like a quote-unquote this is fight. this
1: also has no sense of humor about it whatsoever
0: no this is not meant to be this this has this is no sense of humor this like is the last one a guy trying to beat the crap out of another guy to a bloody yeah pole. the last
1: one was fun And even if there wasn't a sense of humor, there was a sense of fun and enjoyment. This doesn't seem like enjoyment. This just seems like working therapy out. This just seems like, why should I pay for a therapy bill when I can just beat up somebody that I don't like? And again, there is blood all over the place, completely unsanitary. I hope that everyone has Clorox wipes and Purell.
0: So actually, now, nowadays, they've changed that policy. Um, the referees do carry latex gloves on them. If there is the cut. Um, as you saw, I believe, actually, in, in one of these Samoa Joe Finn Balor matches, the referee puts on gloves immediately. Um, if the cut is actually bad, they will stop the match and a doctor comes down to try and glue it up real quick and treat the wounds. Um, so this sort of blood loss in WWE, at least, is considered uh, persona non grata anymore. Uh, they actually have much stricter health uh, codes about it
1: in terms of dealing with I mean, it. It was always unsanitary. Let's, yeah, not, let's not, not lie. Like, it was always it, unsanitary. They just didn't care. In, in
0: 1997, they just, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that sort of priority with them in that sense. They didn't have anywhere near the sort of wellness program that they do today that they really have instituted now is considered maybe the best in all of sports and entertainment. Um, but that, that wasn't for another like nine years after that. 2006 is when they really started to institute a uh, great reform in terms of their talent wellness. Here, it's still a bit more Wild West, quite frankly. So let me see. We are we're actually, we're not too far from the end here. We are entering the, the end stages of the match. Um, Shaw Michaels has, I think, gotten a total of three minutes of offense in a 25-minute match so far, uh, which was by design. He is the guy that you want to see get punched. Uh, He is the guy who is getting the crap beat out of him this whole time. Uh, He's actually gone on record and said this was one of the most fun things he's ever done in pro wrestling. He loves getting the crap beat out of him in the ring. Uh, It's known as selling, the art of selling, which is to sell your opponent's offense, make it look like he is at the point where you can barely stand anymore you can barely compete and make the other guy look as strong as humanly possible a lot of wrestlers actually comment that is their favorite part of being uh, an entertainer is the selling aspect of the getting the beat up aspect of it uh, which is an interesting sort of uh, insight into it they really sort of make like to make the other guy look
1: good as they say make him look formidable fierce and now they're going to ruin another chair why don't they just use the same damn chair that they used before well, cause the other one had blood on it. Obviously they're trying to be health conscious again. I think to your point. I don't think the other one had blood on it.
0: Well, and now the lights have dimmed and we have the actual point of this entire match which is the debut of a brand new character that had only been spoken about for the last two and a half, three months on television. Uh, the soap opera fully kicks in as the Undertaker's long-lost, thought-dead brother, Kane, uh, is making his way down the aisle, rips the door off the hinges. Obviously, that door was treated a little bit uh, so that it could be more easily ripped. However, that door is about 200 pounds, so it is still a very heavy door that man just
1: threw around like it was made of plywood. Um, and I'm sure I was supposed to be shocked at this, but... This is, I mean, this whole, the whole point of this, I don't know if this, I don't know if I mean this specific match or if I mean everything, but I mean, the whole point of this is just to be Infinity War over and over again, which is where the good guys sort of win, but mostly they lose so that they can come back. This is like, this is like Shangela on RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like poor girl's come back three times and she still hasn't won anything. Just let her win. But I mean really that's I, I I wish I could say I was surprised at this but I was like oh well we all know what this is going to happen and another one with the wet look by the way what yes, is wrong again, with these that people that wet look it's all about the wet look they are very it's like, big on the wet Are look. they just dipping them like I understand you're putting baby, baby oil on yourself yes. so that you're not accidentally scratching or tearing I understand that but, but are you like What is, what is with it? Do they just dip themselves in baby oil? No, actually they, so,
0: so there are a few different tricks of the trade. Um, So for baby oil. I'm just trying to figure
1: out how they get their hair like that.
0: Oh, usually it's a spray bottle. It's a spray bottle. Some guys will actually take a whole bottle of water and just dunk it on their head. right. I I should, I
1: should say more. I'm just trying to figure out why they're doing their hair like that.
0: You know, I think part of it, uh, there, there are a few different things. One, I, there, oh, and so Kane, just to keep the listeners up to speed, has just decimated his brother, uh, who again has thought he was dead for 30 years at, due to a fire that the Undertaker caused as a child that also killed their parents. Um, and now that his long-lost brother has returned out of nowhere to cost him a title shot and declare So war. in other words,
1: it's just so, uh, the Clegane family from Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but before Game of Thrones.
1: So no, on some Ga- I think could- I think the Game of Thrones book was before this.
0: That was the first one. When was the first one published?
1: Uh, oh, we're going to look, look it up, up right now. I'll look it up now.
0: So Shawn Michaels is basically unconscious and yet somehow still wins the match because the dastardly chicken shit chick heel comes out with a win. Fans are booing, really pissed off that the hero did not win the day. Shawn is literally being carried out of the ring right now, a bloody mess. And the feud with Kane and The Undertaker uh, kicks off what would last about eight months. Uh, They go well until, I wanna say, April of 1998. And even then, uh, the two of them would have a career and they would come back fighting against each other, tag teaming together um, for about, winning titles together from each other for about 20 years.
1: Okay, so can we talk about the need that this man had to take off his shirt
0: Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. They, they get out he was they wearing like a twenty
1: dollar Kmart shirt, which get a little blood on it, dude. I think you're making enough money. But the first Game of Thrones book was published in 1996. Was it? Oh, so maybe yeah. they did steal from it.
0: It's very possible. Um, gosh, that's hilarious, though. But you're absolutely right. He did decide to just take off his shirt. Did Hunter Hearst Elmsley. It's a thing. You see it a lot. Wrestlers get out into the middle of the crowd and they just start taking clothes off. They just want to show I mean, off that's body. fine. I have
1: I have no problems whatsoever with men taking their shirt off. I just need someone to explain to me why. Like, if you're going to take your shirt off and, like, autograph it and give it to somebody, that's fine. But if you're just going to take it off because you're just going to take it off, it's like, it, it, but again, this to be is. Fair,
0: if this you were in that good of shape, if you had those arms and those pecs, would you want to wear a shirt?
1: No, I wouldn't want to wear a shirt. But if I'm telling a story, there needs to be a reason for everything thing that happens. You don't have a gun in the scene unless you use it. Like well, if he was going to take his shirt off to like choke someone or if he's going to take his shirt off to put the you know point. to like stop the wound. That's fine. Actually, that would have been great. I wit you like going back, I
0: totally agree. Had he used the shirt to try and help his best friend, you know, stop bleeding, I think that would have been a really wonderful humanizing moment. I think they missed a major opportunity there. I appreciate that. That poke at it.
1: I missed a major opportunity to watch Betty White tribute videos because I was watching this.
0: Well, I tell you what, my friend, the match is now over. You've <laughs> made it through your second match that you absolutely loathe with every fiber of your being. From so
1: here's the, here the thing. Here, here is the thing that I was thinking about that made me giggle last night. Can I stop this because the oh the absolutely. background chitter chatter is making give me a headache. Um not our background chitter chatter, the background chitter chatter of this person. Um, Here is the thing. When I was, I was like, why is he having me watch this? Because this is like, I'm not sure, like, is the point to make me like wrestling? Is the point, like, what is the point? I was like, this is the equivalent of Matthew calling me and being like, John, I just met this great woman that I totally want to set you up with. I think you really like each other. And the whole time thinking just like, Okay, you've clearly missed some vital information in previous conversations that we've had. So I was trying to understand. So that was the other thing. I was trying to understand what the point was. And maybe well, we don't have a point, which is just no, which is no, completely my, valid.
0: My my idea was to to show you a character with the theatricality of The Undertaker, the soap opera styling of Kane, the sort of larger than ness of the hell in the cell cage, but still give you something that had some, uh, great athleticism like Shawn Michaels bouncing around like a, a bowling ball here, um, which doesn't bounce very well, and yet he manages to. So that was my original intent. That was sort of the, the idea of taking your cue from last time, that you wanted more theatricality, more something story-driven. Um, but unfortunately, it looks like I did not pick something that you liked, that you absolutely hated, So on the next episode, we're just going to try again, my friend, and go from there. So every week we're learning your likes and your dislikes and who you are as a potential wrestling fan or at least somebody who can um, better learn to understand uh, what it is in this art.
1: I I am happy to take the journey with you. um, And I appreciate, you know, I adore you most of the time. Um,
0: (laughs) Not right now, maybe. But
1: yeah, um, no, I, I always I always love you, Matthew. Um, but um, I so I appreciate the the journey that we're on. Um, I was, I it was just one of those things where I was like, uh, I'm not I'm not, not sure I'm into this. I'm I'm and then about five minutes in, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not into this.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, on the next tour that we do, we will go into a different decade than we have visited yet. Um, I have plenty of ideas. I have a long list of, of opportunities for us to kind of go through. So, again, it's an interesting thing. Every week we learn what we like, what we don't like, what resonates with us, what doesn't re- resonate with us. We learn a little something along the way. We give the fans a little bit of background. We get to have some fun um, as we go along, poking at the absolute ridiculousness that is professional wrestling. And I thank you, my friend, for taking that opportunity today. Hopefully, our next. A uh, Stop Along the Road will be a more enjoyable one for you. We will find out.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. Let's just watch some Dalton Castle next time or some FA. Either way. I will I'm see happy. what
0: I can do for that. I think right now, I think you, my friend, should watch some Betty White tributes. I encourage all listeners to watch some Betty White tributes. There's a wonderful documentary on Netflix uh, about her being the first lady of television. Absolutely check it out. Uh, For those of you who might have enjoyed this, again, this is from uh, October of 1997, In Your House, Bad Blood. You can find it on Peacock or internationally on the WWE Network. You can also, quite frankly, Google uh, Hell in the Cell, Shawn Michaels vs. Undertaker. I bet it's up on YouTube uh, if you're not paying the $9.99 per month for Peacock's streaming service, uh, which you absolutely should. John was speaking before we started recording about how he fell into a law and order hole uh, last night on there it's actually gotten a lot better and has a lot of really good content on there these days so definitely taking a look so john i want to say thank you for taking this stop along the road with me we will continue on our journey um i adore you through every second of this i thank you for for giving it a chance and wanting to come back for another episode is well, there anything thank you for having me i appreciate it of course And you, dear listeners, should listen to more of John's uh, melodious tones as uh, we visit his Comics Corner, this great episode as a part two of Wonder Woman Historia, and talking about some of George Perez's um, contributions to the character's history that is coming, I believe, next week. Um, Catch up now on some of the Comics Corners you have not. Catch up on some of the fabulous episodes of our main content that John has authored from Survivors, The Earth Will Quake, Um, to A Fire in My Heart. They are available now here on The Cruelest Month. John, anything else you want to plug or sort of give a shout out to? Uh,
1: Yes, I want to give a shout out to your episodes of The Cruelest Month. Uh, The coward George Atzerote, and Twisting and uh, that other episode that I'm having trouble saying because, yeah, you know.
0: Love in the time of, yes.
1: Yeah, love in the time of. Love in the time of
0: absolutely. And you can check out more uh at the cruelest month on Facebook uh and Instagram. We post there weekly with updates on the episodes. Uh John actually is going to be uh giving us a very cool photo of some behind the scenes stuff uh for next week. So stay tuned there. You can find me personally on Twitter on @matthewcline316 because I am the bottom line. You can find more about comics pro wrestling Uh, The journeys that I take along the way, I have some very cool announcements uh, coming up that I'm very excited to share, hopefully in the next week to month. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram on at MacTheKnife1116. So for now, we want to say happy watching. Uh, We hope that you had as good time listening as uh, some of us had on this episode and a better time than others. But for now, whatever you do, uh, stay safe. Keep watching, and whatever happens, don't be cruel.